Welcome to today's New Life Live podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by you. Your donations make this podcast possible. Please consider donating today using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Welcome to New Life Live with host and founder of New Life Ministries, Stephen Arterburn. For 35 years, New Life has been transforming lives one at a time thanks to the giving hearts of you, our listeners. Our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's hardest places. If you have a question you'd like to ask today, our phone lines are open. Call 1-800-229-3000. That number again is 1-800-229-3000. Now here's Steve. Hi there. Welcome to New Life Live. Really glad that you've joined us today. When I say us, I'm talking about Dr. Jill Hubbard. Jill. Hello, Steve. And I have said this, that uh, Jill is the wisest female uh, on the planet. I've <laughs> loved working with her over the years. And, uh, <laughs> Until she never the other wise women showed up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Quit putting yourself down. You need therapy oh, for that. And then the other great person who I often say is more new life than anybody, and that is Becky Brown. Hi, Becky. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jill. Hi, Wise Becky. Woman that you are. Yeah. New life poster girl. <laughs> new life poster girl. Well, that is. I mean, we, we should put both of you up for your unique Yeah, we, we've been products. around a long time. <laughs> yes. yes, you have. We, have. we both have. And grateful. Yeah. Grateful. Yes. By the way, today, this very day, uh, this evening, we're going to be doing, we'll be conducting our Intimacy in Marriage workshop, and I, I'm i just requesting everybody that thinks of it, uh, please pray for what's yes. going to happen this weekend. If you've been, you know, oh my goodness. Um, when this broadcast airs, for most people, uh, it hasn't started yet, but this evening, it's it's going to happen. And people are going to be changed. Then the other thing is, because it's the 17th, we do the Restore Workshop for people, women, who've been hurt by a man with a sexual integrity problem. And um, today's the last day that you can get $240 off the price of that amazing workshop. Now, here's the thing. When we say workshop, that it's not a good term, and I should never use it again and be punished when I do. It's, <laughs> oh it's a Friday... Okay through Sunday experience in person. So you're in a hotel for two nights with all these other people. Like Intimacy and Marriage will have a little, at least 200. Maybe they can fit more than that in. I'm not sure. But you're with these other people that are struggling the same way. It's an intensive mm-hmm. restore. I mean, you're, you're going to have enough time with women to develop friends mm-hmm. for a lifetime and march yeah. 3rd every man's battle friday through sunday i can i know people who have fostered developed enriched a friendship for life they're still together mm-hmm. and then lose it for life is march 18th now that's online and i'm doing that with michelle spatafora i think uh, a couple others too and uh, it i mean it's the beginning of keeping the weight off for good forever. And you will be shocked at the insight that Michelle has. And the plan is so simple and easy. 
you you just do what's doable in order and it, it's it's not a quick fix but it is a solution and then courageous parents with dr jim burns that's that's on april 1st emotional freedom is april 15th come join us for one of these it really that we do them not to make you feel better we do them so that you will maybe never ever feel the same in the beginning you've got challenges that may be uncomfortable but oh my goodness the end result is something else that's why we're here transformation not therapy not radio transformation based on truth in redemptive relationship that's what we're all about 1-800-229-3000 to join us on the program 1-800-NEW-LIFE if you need help need a counselor resource want to sign up for a workshop I mean intensive I mean transformational experience (laughs) that happens more than what happens at little workshop things because they're counselors that's what I'm talking about 1-800-NEW-LIFE To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arterburn here, Dr. Jill Hubbard, Becky Brown. We're all here just for you, 1-800-229-3000. And let's, uh, how about we go to, hmm, Frank, Chicago. No, I think we handled Frank uh, on another program. So let's go to Charles. He is calling from Casa Grande. Listens on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 131, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Charles, how are you? And what's on your mind? I'm good. Uh, well, I'm close to getting a divorce, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird to say that because I really don't know. But uh, we've been separated for almost, well, over a year now, but we did uh, get back together for a short period of time uh, in June. And then, uh, uh, so we've been separated. Uh, she didn't talk to me for two months at all. So, and she says, okay. she says I'm abusive. I'm abusive, so I'd like to find out if I am if my if I explain my behavior maybe you guys can tell me I am abusive or I'm not it, 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 if I am then I'm definitely going to get some help well, but uh, I, I'm okay, not quite so, certain it falls under abuse okay so how long have you been separated even though you had a little time back how, what's that total time uh, oh, about 14 months 14 months have you done anything that uh, you could say to her here's what I've been doing to try to fix well, us and, me and can you? I Steve can sure go ahead can I jump in first yeah Charles it sounds like you're trying to get a definition so that you can better understand which is good but I don't think the starting point is defining whether you are abusive or you are not abusive when you're in a marriage and your partner says, I experience you as abusive to me, the first response is to be grieved by that and to care Mm -hmm. about her experience and to get help whether you think you're abusive or not. 
The very fact that she thinks you are means there's a problem. And to save a marriage, we need to do everything we can to make another person feel safe and feel heard and feel valued. But so often, it's human nature. We want to defend, and we want to say, well, wait a minute. No, you're not right. As if to say she's wrong, then somehow her experience is going to go away. Just a thought before we get into looking at your behavior. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I did go get, I did go get some help okay. uh, when we first split up, and uh, she liked that, and then we talked. But my experience with her from the time we were married has been anytime there's friction, uh, she cuts me off. She will not talk to me. Mm. It's, there's no communication. And so I have to wait until she's ready to talk, and then we can talk. And then things seem fine for a little while. Well, Charles, what's, yeah. the, what's, what's the story behind her reaction? Do you know? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know why. She she seems to be like that to everybody. She has a daughter in Oklahoma that won't talk to her at all. I mean, right. I don't understand. So, you know, when so you, here's, here's the interesting thing, Charles. You guys have been apart for over a year. There's still a ton of questions. This is exactly why we created the Intimacy and Marriage Workshop, because you you guys don't know each other's story. There is a She's got a pain point somewhere that when she gets too close to people, it comes out in big ways. And, of course, you she experiences you as abusive because mm-hmm. if she is feeling sensitive, it's too much for her. And it's not saying that she's right, you're wrong, and all that. That's just the dynamic that's present in this relationship. And um, so I'm, I'm so grateful that you have gone to counseling and, you know, have done some work. And I'm just wondering, how are you feeling about the end of this marriage, if that's what's going to happen? Well, see, my emotions are so tore up right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like uh, life is first... I talked to Steve about three years ago about a problem with my daughter, and I was afraid there was something going to happen, and it did, and she died. And so then I went to court with my grandson, and the court ruled in the father's favor, regardless of the drug use and everything. And uh, the father never did have the son. The grandmother has been raising him. But so anyways, move on to that. Six months later, my stepdad died, and we were still married. And then uh, 18 months later, my mom died, and I was conservator. And the court, the court was pushing me to do these certain things, and I wasn't emotionally ready. And so I was in my mom's garage going through her stuff, and it was hard. And I, w- I was so upset that the court was pushing me to do this when I wasn't ready that I was having some emotional breakdowns in that garage, and I told my wife, if she doesn't want to be there to experience this, then mm. she, need, she should leave. Because mm. I wasn't, it wasn't, if I was observing somebody that day acting like I was, I, I would have had some concern. <clears throat> and so that was when we first split up, because she says, and, and it was drastic. She sold the home, I didn't sell my home when we got married. I moved into her home. She sold her home to get rid of me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. You guys have a very, very tough situation, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to end 
And what it needs to do is begin. Now, you've listened to the program. I'm just curious why you've never gone to intimacy and marriage to try to fix this thing. Uh, You know, I talked to her the first time about that, wanting to go to it, and she wasn't supportive of it. Okay. So I would say at this point, um, you know, looks like this thing's not going to go forward, but it could in a totally different way. We both have problems, and a lot of people that hate each other go to intimacy and marriage, and, and those feelings change. You may not want your feelings of hatred toward me to change. But how about we are able to say to ourselves, our God, and our kids, we did everything we could to change this situation before it's over. That's what I'd be saying. Right. Charles, you're two very hurt people. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how to go to each other for comfort. So instead, it sounds like you attack each other or push each other away. And... And no, you know, she's not mean to me like that, okay. and I'm not mean to her like that. Okay. We don't call each other's names. We've never Good. been in even in a fight. A fight. It's just she observes my emotional state sometimes, and she finds it a troubling. And I don't understand that because I'm not yelling at her. I'm not screaming. I'm just upset. Yeah. So have you asked her what it, why it's troubling to her, what it brings up in her, what it makes her feel? What's it like to be on the receiving end of your upset or emotion? Well, you know, I I just know that she's very sensitive. Okay. Any kind of uh, friction, you know, and so I have to be careful all the time. I mean, I can't even be normal, you know. It's like I got to be this perfect person walking down the white line. Mm-hmm. I hear your heart, Charles. Yeah, it's so much hard. pain that you're carrying. Yeah. And I just, you know, that's the hard part when mm-hmm. marriage isn't working well. You don't have that person who can help you carry the burdens of life because some of the stuff that you've been through is mm-hmm. just part of our life experience. You've been going through a really difficult time, and it and it would be so great to have that support. And if she's not willing or unable, because sometimes the willingness is because, you know, she can see the point in it. But I wonder if she can even see what the point would be because she probably likes being away from you. And not because of you, but because of her, which I know sounds very confusing. Yeah, they're they're avoidant people. Oh, I understand. Yes. But here's, here's the thing. Tragedy. She made a vow to you. To be there in sickness, health, all of those things, and she, she's probably unable to live up to that vow unless somebody shows her a different way. And you know, telling her you have to go to counseling—that's not going to help. But when when you say both of us have a difficult time being together, I mean, the proof is we're about to divorce each other. Here's a workshop that helps people. You, it, it's not a matter of who's right, who's wrong. It's how do you know? How can they help a, a couple be together mm-hmm. fully? Why don't we go try that? If you make it like she needs help and you're going to go along with her, right? Then that's not going to work. 
But if you're a- right. able to communicate, this could be what we need to stay together and enjoy each other. To bring us back to why we even got together in the first yeah. place. Right. I was thinking that same thing, Joel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and to look at where we went wrong, where we went astray. Where did we start to get more and more distant from each other? Yeah. And it's through both people being hurt, having hurts. Well, um, I'm going to send you – I said, do you have a copy of Take Your Life Back? I bet you do. Maybe not. Do you? No, I, I don't. Let me send that to you. And I'm going to send you the one-year Bible for men. Uh, that's a great thing. And let me send you every man's Bible because uh, it, it's going to help you get deeper in the Word while you're dealing with these just can, horrific problems. Can I add distance. one more thing? Yes. <laughs> if she, for some reason, does not go with you to intimacy and marriage, Charles, I want you to join us at the Emotional Freedom Workshop that's going to be mm-hmm. in April because whether or not this marriage stays together, you need healing, you need support, you need to figure this out for you so that maybe she'll turn around. But I just think it's really hard when both of you are so wounded. Um, The wounds get too close when you're together, and it just repels you both. Well, and Charles, yeah, you've had so much loss over the last few years. I think it's really important that you do some work for yourself as well. Get into yeah. therapy, get into a men's group, a life recovery group. You really have to shore yourself up during tough times because just on your own trying to do better isn't enough. You need that support. Yeah, and you know, you may be um, experiencing BTS, which is bigger target syndrome. Your wife mm-hmm. has such a big she's such a big target of you know not nurturing disconnecting can't handle the emotional stuff so it's hard for you to work on your part when her target you feel like is so big that she needs to be working on but when you work on you it does have an impact usually sometimes not so um, I I just hope and pray you could get to intimacy and marriage, and uh, I'm going to send you one more book. I'll send you How We Love, which is what the workshop is based on, and I hope and pray something we've said helps. I really do, I, and not to help you stay in the same situation, but to make it different and better and meaningful. That's what I hope for you. Let's go to Hal. He's a Club New Life member. And he's calling us all the way from Summershade, Kentucky. Hi there, Hal. How are you today? Good, Steve. Thank you for taking the call. Steve, Becky, and Dr. Jill. What's on um, your mind? I'm in a family situation. Yes, sir. I'm in a family situation. I'm a Christian, married to a girl from Germany for about 35 years. Mm-hmm. She has an older brother in New York, like New York, who lives in Berlin, Germany. He's also a Christian. He is self-employed with four daughters, and I've been a close friend and supporter of him and his business for over the years. But about three years ago, after the pandemic hit and the vaccines were promoted, I sent an email to my nieces and nephews regarding the potential risks of the COVID vaccines Mm -hmm. stated by several leading doctors, just for reference. We get it. With a disclaimer that I wasn't, you know. So York became very unhappy excuse me, with the level of integrity, let me let me uh, also say that 
I had questioned the level of integrity of our elections in the U.S., including 2020. Uh, he didn't like he that. Taken offense. Mm-hmm. He didn't like. All right, like hold on. I got to go to a break. I can't stop it. We'll be back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We are back. Frank, hang on, because I thought we had gone to you at a, on another program, but we haven't. I'm going to come to you next. This is Hal C., uh, and we're trying to help him. And I think you're telling us that you have a brother-in-law that didn't like something you've said. What? what uh, where, what's the status now? After you did that, said things he didn't agree with. Sure. So the status now, Steve, is that he has rejected both myself and my wife in, in you know, in our relationship. In okay. the family, he won't visit us. He's been here and everything in America, and he's waiting for an apology. We learned that through his wife. Uh, and my question to you is, based on the fact that he has a different, more liberal viewpoint of things uh, than I do, uh, I want to restore our relationship, but I need to understand what's my proper part of responsibility in this. What can I legitimately seek forgiveness for without be, without being over-responsible for what isn't mine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just going to answer sense? that real quickly. Uh, you know, the Bible yeah. says, in as much as it's up to me. And so what could your part be? If I were you... I would say, you know, I've been thinking about your response to some of my views and the way I communicated that. And um, I want to ask your forgiveness, or I want to say I'm sorry, or I hope you can forgive the fact that I didn't do it in a more constrained or sensitive way. Now, you're not apologizing for your beliefs. You're talking about the way that he received it. Maybe if you knew him better, you right. would have you would have uh, made pink lace or something go around it and he could receive it better. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, but it was the way he read it. And if it wasn't the way he read it, you have nothing to ask forgiveness for because your views are your views. Now, that's just my... my uh, Initial reaction, but let's get some wisdom from Becky. Let's start with you and then Jill. What are you thinking? Well, you know, Hal, we've heard this Mm -hmm. in many different forms over the last few years. And I agree with you, Steve, that our challenge is how can we maintain relationship? Because that's where we have um, the biggest challenge. It's our closest relationships that are impacted by our views. It's not to say that you can't have your views, but, you know, the reality is we have lots of views about lots of things that we don't share or don't demand for others to agree with us. And so balance is uh, tricky, <laughs> but, the, but the, the hope is that you can maintain that connection and that love as a family, because if we can't get it right as a family, I don't know what hope the world has. It, we got to manage these kind of difficult um things but just i love what you said steve i can't Mm -hmm. add to it other than just that vulnerability of i'm sorry i want us to be connected how can we move forward what do you think are you would you be willing to do that or does that feel like you're not living up to your own 
self or something like that? Sure. I'm happy to reach out. He's been unwilling to have a phone call even, just sending mm-hmm. a lot of emails to our inbox. But um, I just, you know, would like to ask forgiveness. I just wanted to know how far I should go in what I'm taking, for, you know, asking forgiveness for. But you've clarified that in this, you know, the insensitive way that I may have uh, sent out that email to his daughters and, and my own sons and others about, you know, the, uh, the risks that I thought might be available or uh, apparent in the, uh, in the vaccines, such like that. So I'll be happy well, to... Uh, Right, and I I think the sensitivity and not realizing that having a difference of opinion would be so hurtful, right? That Mm -hmm. in each of us sharing our views, um, you know, that you perhaps would be open to hearing his, and you didn't realize that it would feel offensive to him. And Mm -hmm. for that, you're sorry. Right. And and you know what? I, I don't like you asking for forgiveness. I, I'd rather you say, I hope you can forgive versus okay. I'm asking. Will you forgive? You know, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I would either say, I regret or I hope you can forgive. But I, I don't think. Um, or yeah. even the, I'm so sorry for the disconnection that we have experienced. There you go. Yes, yeah. that's, that's good. There you go. Because your goal is, Hal, that you're reconnecting right, the family. Right. And when sorry seems, this? yeah, when sorry seems sorry, and sometimes it <laughs> does, uh, saying I regret may be, a, you know, a better way. Everybody says they're sorry, but you know, if you're saying yeah. you're you're actually experiencing regret, I like that. It's what the reaction. Don't ever apologize for what you believe. And um, anytime somebody doesn't like what I believe, I do sit down and go, okay, well, what what about that? And and then I stay with my belief. Joe, what were you going to say? Well, and the hope is that you can agree to disagree, but focus more on the things that bind you instead of the things that separate you. Very good. We're so much more alike than different. All Mm -hmm. of us, even though, yeah. And one thing we all are alike in is we all experience pain. But that's it. The way we deal with it, there are only 700 million ways <laughs> to deal with that pain. If you need some help with pain, we have workshop. We have intensive I was experiences <laughs> over a weekend that can help. You call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Frank, I'm coming to you all the way to Chicago, Illinois, right after this break. If you need help, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We really care about you. We love it that you're listening. And we want to be here for a very long time. We need your support if that's going to happen. Stay tuned. I was really living a very anxiety-filled life. I turned on New Life, and the topic that day was about anxiety. And just by listening, I got relief. You can help New Life stay on the air by joining Club New Life today. When you sign up to support us monthly through Club New Life, we'll send you the new member thank you gift of the Life Recovery Bible Personal Size, the one-year Life Recovery Prayer Devotional, the New Life Journal, a New Life Pen and Highlighter, and a New Life Zipper Tote to hold it all. 
Plus, there are ongoing benefits like access to the Club New Life video library, the monthly Club New Life CD or download, quarterly resources, free shipping on purchased resources, and discounts on workshops. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433. Support Club New Life, and together we can help hurting people find help and hope in life's hardest places. Call 1-800-639-5433 to join Club New Life today. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back and um, talking to Frank here now. Frank has been patient. I almost mistook him from another person. This is the real Frank. <laughs> Frank, thanks for holding on. How you doing? All right. Can you, all right, can you guys hear me? Definitely can all right great great thank you guys for your um everything that you guys do you guys have been impactful in so many ways in my life i listen to you guys so just want to thank you guys right off the top for you know being who you are and impacting my life as well so um that being said uh, i had a question uh, my wife and i've been married for over 18 years and uh go to the same church we're involved she's a, a women's ministry and i'm a deacon at the church also um real quick she right before church here a couple weeks ago um you know she decided that god laid it on her heart to pray uh, but not only pray but just like for the entire service in front of the church and you know the altar and everything while everything is going on even you know the preaching and things like that she's up there quietly you know praying you know and um, fast forward, uh, you know, because I only found out like 20 minutes before church because we had some other issues, whatever we're dealing with, that we kind of communicate that. And um, fast forward, we talk about it later on that night. And, um, you know, I asked her what was going on, and, and I thought put my two cents in it, and I recommended that, you know, she's going to do something like that. I, I thought that she would talk, she'd talk to leadership, and she agreed. Or whatnot after I talked to her. Well, fast forward that following Sunday, um, she said, you know, right before church, you know, that as she was writing to leadership to tell them what she was doing, that she kind of felt sick in her stomach, that, it, you know, she doesn't feel like God was leading her to do that. And after even getting counsel from, from her dad as well, she felt that, you know, she should move forward, you know, with praying at the altar. And, um, you know, she's saying that she's doing it because. And she's waiting on move for God and things like that. And I'm not against, you know, my wife praying. You know, they do all-night prayer once a month. Every Friday they have groups that they talk to every morning together and pray every day in the morning. And I'm not really against that. I'm not against my wife praying. I just believe that in that time that the focus during church should be on the Word of God. And it's equally as important as prayer. And the emphasis should be on the Word of God. I kind of I see it as almost like a distraction because not everybody knows why she's up there, and you know the focus I think could be taken away from the Word of God. She's very strong on her view. I'm very strong on mine, and it's yeah. causing a lot of division and things like that. And I'm just trying to see you know how to move forward. And I think I should add something real quick because I know you guys are getting ready to comment. Just the other night, she said, "Well, you know, what do you want me to do?" Or whatever, I said, well, 
what I thought you should do originally, which is, you know, take it to leadership and let them know that, hey, I want to pray the service. You don't necessarily have to tell them what you want to pray about, but, you know, at least bring it to them. And I don't know why I'm so uh, adamant about this happening, but I just kind of feel that way about it, that things should be done in order, yeah. you know, okay. and things like that. And not, Let me ask you a you question. Know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, yes, does she pray in front of the church all during church? Is that what you're saying? And is it out yes. loud? No, it's not out loud. It's not okay. to that, that. It's not disruptive. It's not out loud. But you got like probably 200, 300 people in between her and the pastor. And the is she standing up? Whatever. And yes, she's on her. She's she's uh, on her knees with her head down, and you know, just uh, you know, mm-hmm. quietly mm-hmm. and things like that before the church. You know, so I, I will give her. You know that. It's just my opinion. I well, think you know. People, go ahead. I'm going to cut in. Go okay. ahead. Okay, so I I know your imp- opinion is important, but I want to help you here. I want to get the picture right. Your wife, everybody else is singing or they're hearing the sermon. She's at the front of the church. Yeah. She's on her knees. She can be seen by quite a few people. Is that right? Everybody. Like she's on the stage? No, no, the stage is about four feet off the ground, so just figure a foot in front of the stage. Got it. Uh, Right there. Okay. So why do you think, just thinking about her, her past, all that you've been through, why do you think that she needs to be doing this that nobody else is doing in the church in front of everybody? Versus maybe in the back or on the side, not in the front, or just where she is in her seat. Why do you think there's a need there to be seen in that way? She, if you're asking me, I mean, I was. Okay, okay. Why do I think that she should she should be? Uh, no. no. Why do you uh, think she but, has a need to be seen in front of everybody praying? What What do you know about her as a human being that would lead her to have a need to be seen being spiritual praying? Uh, I would say she really, and she even said herself, she does not try, she's not trying to draw attention to herself. It's, um, to the point of, um, she is, but she is, but I didn't ask you about that. What she says, I'm asking you think about what you know about her. Why would she have a need to do what she says she doesn't have a need to do? And that is call attention to herself. I honestly not even know how to answer that one. I'm trying to wrap my mind around the question. Well, Um, so I would be thinking on my spare time about that question. What's in her that needs to be seen in this way? What's in her past or whatever? Um, We're we're from two different... I will say she's from from a 
she's more of a uh, from a Pentecostal background. I'm more of a, uh, a, Bap- a Baptist okay. and things like mm-hmm. that. So there, there's a difference yeah. in worship and things like that as well, too. But so, okay, um, a lot of Pentecostal people. <laughs> uh, many, many good friends. Been to many services. They don't have a need to be seen. Uh, doing whatever that they do. My, my point would be, if you knew it that, if you could you maybe approach that need, then you, not necessarily talking to her about it, but you might help her have that need met in other ways than that. Because quite frankly, if it's sincere prayer but with her and God, it doesn't need to be at the front. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to make her a distraction from people looking at the pastor. It causes split thinking when a mm-hmm. pastor's preaching and somebody's doing something else. And if I was in that service and I saw her doing that, I would think, man, her husband must really be mean that she has to come up to the front of the church and show everybody it's so bad. I've got to pray rather than even listen. And Steve, what I was thinking in terms, you know, church is a place where we all come together and we practice um, worship and listening of the word in a common way. And so when something goes one off, like what she's doing, I like that you told her, Frank, to talk to the leadership. That's a good neutral Mm -hmm. response, you know. Um, If the Holy Spirit is speaking to her that she needs to be in prayer for the service, I, you know, great, but it, but in her doing it in this manner, like you said, Steve, there are going to be people that are thinking, well, should I go pray for her? Because should I pray with her? What, you know, what is she praying about? You know, it is a distraction to everything else. And I think as a husband, I think maybe you guys could have that conversation that, you know, honey, I love your heart for the church and, you know, this, this desire to pray and maybe even, as you said, Steve, to do it in the row, sit in the seat, maybe sit up in the balcony and pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that she can't pray and pray during the whole service. We have a group of people at our church that pray in a prayer room during the service, but they're not in front of the well, preacher. They're not a distraction. She, she, thinks, she thinks that I'm listening to, don't, she told me even don't let Satan, you know, uh, trick or whatever, because I'm. She said I shouldn't even be concerned about this because it doesn't affect me. I'm like, it does, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm questioning why. I'm questioning why should I even be so? Why am I so consumed by this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I so, think they should be yeah. done in a certain order. Right. All right. We're going to give you some more insight and help right after this. I'm really sorry that you have to deal with this. It's it's. You know, it's like sometimes people say, all I'm going to use is just the Bible to counsel you. Well, how do you argue with the Bible? Well, you don't. She's being so spiritual. But it could be a problem. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back, and we're talking with Frank. Jill, you had some things you wanted to say. Well, yeah, Frank, I was thinking about, Steve, the question you were asking. And certainly, 
uh, praying without ceasing is an important thing to constantly be in communication. Um, her having a different uh, background than you, yes, there are different ways people, as we've all said, approach worship. Sometimes, though, there is an intensity that a person develops or needs that gives them a sense of, of importance for God. And in that way, um, it creates a, a, a specialness. And sometimes when people have had hurts in lives or other things, perhaps, they have this need to fill, to be seen as special and valuable, and that intensity gives them something. So in that way, people can get out of balance. I know when I w- attended a Christian college here in Southern California, we used to have this saying that some people are so heavenly bound, they are of no earthly good. And sometimes in this intensity, one can lose touch with relating on a horizontal level. So it, I, I, can, I, can I jump in? Sure. Because you are hitting some stuff there, and I've often wondered that about my wife, because she, I, I've, I've even commented that sometimes, you know, you're over-spiritualizing mm-hmm. things and stuff like that, you know, and I feel so, I'm like wondering, I, I had this question for you, you, am I wrong for feeling this way, am I being pharisaical by pointing out something that my wife's praying and she shouldn't be doing it at this time, I kind of felt like I didn't want to be like a Pharisee, but this is just so kind of bothered me because we do invitation at the end and i'm one of the counselors and like this past sunday i stood next to my wife who's still down there praying and i'm standing up there let me help people i got it i wish we had more time but i think you want help from us right yes i do okay i want to clarify i'm not against people going up the front of the church and praying um but there's a time for that if you're in a uh, certain churches, it'd be just natural that somebody's praying while the guy's preaching, but that's not the case here. All of this, you see, it comes from Matthew 6, 5 and 6. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Now, see, that's the concept Mm -hmm. there. The question, Frank, really is how best to communicate Mm -hmm. with her, because whatever you're saying or doing isn't, uh, effective. It's not working. So I'm just going to ask both Jill and Becky, what do you, what would be a better way maybe for him to approach, approach this with her now? Well, l- let me just say, Frank, I don't see you as being the Pharisee. I think no. that verse is pointing out that that's where your wife is landing. And I, I think to speak to her perhaps about things you know about her from her past and how it felt to her growing up and how it felt in terms of her family. And and touching on, getting to that sense of maybe not feeling valuable or important or the need to, to feel important. And I know it's yeah. a sensitive subject, so you have to, you know, handle it, handle it with care in, in Be- knowing her. 
Becky, we don't have my, much time. You have a I know. Thought my here. approach, my approach, Frank, would be that you share with her your feeling of what you just described. Mm-hmm. That we had a prayer time and I'm going down there to help people and you're still in prayer. It's like you're not even with the congregation. And corporate mm-hmm. worship is designed for all of us to be together to experience that. And it's not to dismiss her calling to pray. But it's while we're here, this is what we're about. And there are people that need help. They need her to help pray with them. Right. And she's segregating herself from the rest of the room right. because she's not with everybody. So be vulnerable, take the risk, you know, and mm-hmm. yep. we'll pray for you. <laughs> yes. And Frank, I would go to your pastor and say, here's, I need some help with this. Um, you might ask him to preach a sermon on Matthew six, but but maybe not. Uh, but ask maybe him, hey, can you help me here? And and he might have some ideas. It might be bothering him, and then you would just say, well, would you right. mind telling her that it bothers you? That would help. All right, I'm going to send you the one year Bible for men, and I'm going to send you every believer's thought life. I hope that that'll be helpful to you. And then also, I'm going to send you Jill's book, The Secrets Women Keep. I think it might help here. If you need help, it's 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Becky, you have a testimony that you can read sure do. at the end here uh, from Restore. Yes. Yeah, we're getting ready to go to Restore. And for uh, an, a past attendee, she said, I'm overwhelmed with hope. Some wounds which were deep were revealed to me, but it was time. Time and work here at the Restore Workshop have given me more tools for greater healing and connection with my husband and my Lord. I was amazed to see the women in my small group learn truths about themselves and break chains holding their hearts. God is good. He often loves us more than any man can, and we're worth of his good and perfect will for our lives. So I want to encourage you, if you have experienced betrayal in your relationship with a man who struggles with sexual integrity, join us at the Restore Workshop. In Orange County, we have a place for you, and it's going to be great. Spiritual and relational transformation is possible. Rarely does it happen in the privacy of your own home. So come, call, join, and um, we realize it's not easy for you. Restore is February the 24th, and Every Man's Battle, March the 3rd, and Lose It for Life, March 18th. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Some of you, you're called to just survive that situation. But a lot of times we think surviving is something we have to do alone. When we reach out for help in our survival of some really tough situations, it changes things. You know what it changes? It changes me changes us and that's what you want to do no matter how big the problem is the other person you want to be sure uh, that you're dealing with whatever is your part and you'll grow and you'll be grateful if you need help 1-800-NEW-LIFE that is the phone number to call and here are the things that you're not supposed to call i've got a list of things do not call us about these things Okay, that was the list. So you see there's nothing on it. You, I was waiting, going, what is going to be on I was this? thinking you were going to say taxes. Don't call us about yeah. taxes. Cause that's no, if you, well, you know, we're doing the um, 
the Emotional Freedom Workshop on April fifteenth. Well, so yeah, you, you can we'll even help you deal with whatever difficulty you're having in that area. We love you and care about you, and we love seeing you. Uh, there are some people when they show up at one of our events, workshop, whatever. It just brings a smile to everybody's faith face and uh, strengthens their faith. And I believe the numb lip thing is starting to kick in here uh, <laughs> from the dentist. I think it's wearing off, and, and that's the confusion. Anyway, if you need help, call us. Don't forget about Every Believer's Thought Life. And if you give this month 100 Days to Freedom from Shame, give us a call. Help us if you can. Let us help you. We know that phone is 200 pounds when you need help. one 800 N-E-W-L-I-F-B. See you next time. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Becky. Thanks for listening. We hope this program has helped you by giving you insights for handling the challenges you face in your life. We want you to know that we're here for you, but you also need to know that New Life Live is a listener-supported ministry. To make your donation or to get any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or write to us at New Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1029, Lake Forest, California, 92609. Please join us again on Monday for New Life Live. Today's podcast can be downloaded through iTunes or streamed through your mobile device using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com to download the app today.